if you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. There's a presence at the church that threatens the player and sort of wards them off and says, in essence, you should stop. You look at a picture of a monster that you like, look at it, you know, creatively. What are they doing that I could do to my face? And I found a product, and these are like Halloween themes, like figurines and houses and animatronic stuff. And I showed the kids, and we created the scene. There's no question that Halloween 2020 does look vastly different than anything we've ever experienced. As we all try to stay safe, here are three innovators whose creativity you can enjoy virtually this Halloween. I've always been a technology fan and a virtual reality follower. On October 31st or any day of the year, filmmaker Douglas Neighbors may very well show you a scary good time in 360. And not only that, but as of 2020, he and his team have added mixed reality capabilities so you can record your reaction to being immersed in the world of one of the scariest horror movies of all time. So you, your character, following sort of the storyline of The Exorcist 3, the film, you start off as a homicide police detective in the Boston Homicide Police Department. Douglas, who is the founder and CEO of Los Angeles-based Fun Train VR, knew that for his first product, he and his team wanted to produce a horror title. The process basically started with the legal, right? There's a lot of legal involved with, and there's a lot of negotiation involved with actually getting the license for the title. But once that was settled, and we had those VR and basically the entire mediated reality spectrum rights, we began with just doing a creative brief. You know, what do we like and what do we like about VR experiences? What don't we like? How can we expand on this story that we're currently working with and make it an episodic experience? The result, The Exorcist Legion VR, a five-chapter episodic experience. Fun Train released the first two chapters in 2017, and at the time of our conversation in October of 2018, Douglas and his team were just putting the finishing touches on Chapter 5. Fast forward to today, we're at deluxe version containing all five chapters is available, and something new has been added. Before we get to that, what will you experience when you put on the headset to play the Exorcist Legion VR? You start off as a homicide police detective in the Boston Homicide Police Department, and you receive a call over the radio that there has been a ritual murder at a local church. So just like any other normal homicide detective, you head on over there to the church. Once you arrive at the scene, you find it's already sort of been laid out with evidence markers, et cetera, for you to sort of do your investigation as to what might have gone down. And you come upon a priest who was sort of brutally murdered in his own confession booth. So basically you start putting pieces together as to what might have happened to this man going into his back office, you discover a variety of clues and backstory and information, which basically tells you that this priest 
in addition to just being the priest of this parish, he was also a researcher into the supernatural and the paranormal, and he was on the trail of what he believed to be the resurgence of this demonic presence that had risen up again in the greater Boston area. In your role as a homicide detective, you start searching for clues the victim may have left. He also had been collecting a variety of sort of arcane or exorcism tools, so to speak, that he was completely doing on his own. You know, he was kind of a rogue agent from the Vatican. He was, you know, nobody would really take him seriously, but he was doing this on his own because he found it was important. And you essentially take up his, you follow the sort of the breadcrumbs that he has laid out for you throughout the five chapters. Not surprisingly, as you begin that investigation, you're going to find your efforts are not encouraged. So at the end of chapter one, you're collecting these items and you're doing your investigation. There's a presence at the church, and I won't ruin this for your listeners, but there's a presence at the church that threatens the player and sort of wards them off and says, in essence, you should stop. Of course, in the tradition of horror entertainment, the warning gets ignored. So here with chapter two, chapter three, chapter four, chapter five, you're on the trail of this larger force, and all the while, along the way, there are several entities in your way as you march towards our chapter five climax. Even as Fun Train VR was finishing chapter five for its 2018 release, Douglas was thinking about the future. The Exorcist will, and all of our Fun Train products will, though, evolve and are designed to evolve as the technology evolves because we know that it's constantly changing. Here's where to get more information about the Exorcist Legion VR. Either at the Fun Train website, which is funtrainvr.com, or they can go to the actual experience website, which is exorcistlegion.com. Funtrainvr.com, exorcistlegion.com. And of course, this was a hit movie in the 1970s that scared the daylights out of everybody, so we maybe should add a little disclaimer. This is probably not for the faint of heart. And it's almost certainly not for very small children, but it is brilliantly done. I've seen this online. It's pretty amazing. Meanwhile, the mark of a great horror experience? In the course of doing this, was there any one moment that scared the daylights out of you or your crew, even though you knew it was coming? Oh, sure. Even now that we all on the team over here have, we've probably done chapter two with all of our alpha and beta testing and We've probably done it 50, 60 times, right? And all the variations of exploring every nook and cranny of that chapter. But there's still one moment that if I'm not prepared for it well in advance, I scream. And it's amazing to do something 50 or 60 times. And still, if I let my guard down for one moment and I forget for just a moment that this story beat is coming, I literally, I mean, I, I do a little yelp, you know, like, and it's kind of embarrassing, especially when I'm, you know, when other people are around. As of October 2020, anyone else who's around may understand very easily what the screaming's about. According to a recent email from Fun Train VR, the Exorcist Legion VR has now added mixed reality support. Not to be confused with extended reality, Douglas emails that what mixed reality support means is that users who are able to produce mixed reality content can now juxtapose their real-world environment with the game's virtual one and record their gameplay. In other words, if you're playing and friends and family are around, they can see what you're experiencing as you record it. It's likely to scare the daylights out of them, too. 
and Douglas emails that you can play the Exorcist Legion VR on the new Oculus 2 headsets, which just became available in mid-October 2020. Meanwhile, that's not all the news. We're really committed to this episodic, short-form release of content that is sort of high-quality, priced very conservatively so that it's accessible to people. But our next titles are going to also going to be narrative and episodic in nature, and they're going to be based on some large intellectual property. The Fun Train VR team are now putting the finishing touches on a new episodic experience, Tarzan VR. Douglas says this new title, based on the beloved classic series, is one of the more ambitious VR experiences he's attempted to date. And he adds, Tarzan VR is turning out much larger and more wonderful than even he had originally intended. Now, what will you experience? Well, Douglas says that longtime Tarzan fans and new ones are going to experience the game in very different ways. And that's a fact that he and his creative team find very exciting. While the game offers tribute to the beloved Tarzan legend, Douglas says the new experience also brings a new contemporary element to Tarzan's world. And he says the game offers everything from communing with animals to, of course, vine swinging and the beloved Tarzan yell. You'll find the game trailer up on TarzanVirtualReality.com, but Douglas says what you're going to see is just the tip of the iceberg. Talk about anticipation here. A definite release date for Tarzan VR has not yet been announced, but Douglas says it should be soon. I'm looking forward to giving you an update when it happens. of a monster that you like, look at it, you know, creatively. What are they doing that I could do to my face? For Halloween 2020, there are a lot of virtual costume contests happening. And as we all try to stay safe and scary, there's no one better to give monster creation tips than legendary scare actor and haunt producer Char Mayer. Char's four decades of experience as a professional haunt consultant include casting and training actors for Fullerton-based Extreme Haunt, The 17th Door, as well as working as an education specialist for Not Scary Farm. When we talked on site at the 2018 edition of Scare LA, which is Los Angeles' original summertime Halloween convention, Char, who also teaches horror makeup workshops, explained the fine art of creating a monster. Every time you do it, it's like you're making a mask on your own face. So you're working with liquid latex, you put that on, and then you're putting cotton on in different places, and you're pulling the cotton out a little bit, and then you put latex over it, so it kind of all adheres, and then pieces are hanging out. You paint the whole thing, well paint, you put makeup on the whole thing, just like you put foundation on, and then you get your thick blood, and then you get your... Thick blood is like the best one because it doesn't drip. And then you just put thick blood inside cracks, Hollow out your eyes a little bit with some shading. You never make raccoons. That's one of the big mistakes new haunters do. They make raccoon eyes, but you know, shading, fading, all on the here, here. Sometimes you put it over your, your latex and you shade out, you know, so you look at a picture of a monster that you like and you look at, look at it, you know, creatively. What are they doing that I can do, that I could do to my face? Shar said that horror makeup effects can start with something you might have in your kitchen right now. I actually make my own blood. It's really easy. Caro syrup, which is like a pancake syrup. You get into the supermarket, $2, $3. 
and food color. And you can find lots of recipes on how to bake blood. And it's, I have a few that I like. Just uh, It's red and a couple of drops of yellow, depending on how much. But that's the cheapest way to make your own blood. And also what's nice about that is if you're using it with kids, it's all safe. And it can even go in your mouth because it's pancake syrup. If zombie makeup is what you have in mind, Char suggests that you look a little further in that kitchen cabinet. And I also like to do what I call a cereal zombie. So you take Rice Krispies, Corn Flakes. I've used Cheerios. Cheerios is really cool. You put latex on your face. You, you put these different things on. You paint over them, and it like becomes like you're all pockmarked and stuff. And then it's all shading. So you want to get like a black and a brown and a red kind of uh, cream makeup. And then just put, you know, the darker colors are in deep and the lighter colors. So you use the lighter color on the tips and then the darker colors in deep. And it gives it like that three, well, it is three dimensional, but it looks even more intense. So there's a lot of fun things you can do with just a bottle of latex. And like I said, cereal, paper, cotton, all those things. It's really easy to do. And there's a special effect you can achieve without too much difficulty. One of my favorite things to do is do like a latex kind of thing, and then you rip it on your face. So it looks like your skin is ripped, but it doesn't hurt you. You know, and it looks like when you take it off, it looks like the old Mission Impossible, when they take off those, those latex, that's what it looks like. Here is the technique. If you just put latex on your face, just straight latex, get a blow dryer, make it dry, and then you just put a pinhole in it and rip it just a little bit. It looks like ripped skin, and then you put a little blood on it and let it come out. And it's a real easy technique that anybody could do, and it looks great. Now, wait a minute, you might be thinking. Sure, this is easy for a professional haunter like Charmeyer, but I've never designed Halloween makeup before. All my zombie things, the pictures on my website of me doing zombies, that's all stuff I did that, and people are like, oh, that's a, uh, no, it doesn't take that long. It's not hard. Anybody can learn it. You don't have to have talent. You know, I could teach people how to do it in 15 minutes to a half hour, and then putting it on. I could do a quick one in 20 minutes to get to the way I'm happy with it, usually about 40 minutes. You and I have just been listening to haunt consultant, scare actor, and producer Char Mayer. Check out Char's work on her website, charmayer.com. She spells her name S-H-A-R, last name M-A-Y-E-R, charmayer.com. And if you'd like to see a great documentary just in time for Halloween, look for her in Haunters, the Art of the Scare by filmmaker John Schnitzer. I've always been fascinated by dioramas. This year, I was just like, you know what? Let me take a stab at it, right? And let me look at what's out there right now. How about if you're thinking of creating Halloween entertainment at home this year? STEAM educator and freelance technologist Mitchell Malpartita is the founder of Masterful Creations STEAM Academy, and he can certainly help. When we spoke in 2019, he and his family had just completed a Halloween project which incorporated both 3D printing and robotics. And I found a product from Lemax, and these are like Halloween themed, like figurines and houses and animatronic stuff. And so I bought a few and I showed the kids, and the kids loved it. And we created a scene, right? So they were actively participating in telling our story. And then the maker mindset kicked in even further. I was like, oh, well, you know what would be cool? I said, I wonder if 
if I can go on, you know, go online and see if I can find some cool 3D models to print out that I could add to our spooky town, right? And just like, what can we do? And Stranger Things, which is like going into its fourth season now, so like that was something I was like, oh, they have some cool, cool stuff there, right? It's, it's like scary, and I was like, all right, let me see if I can find that. And uh, fortunately, with all the talented people out there contributing and sharing their 3D models, I found a few that I downloaded. I manipulated some, and then I scaled them to the size of characters that we currently have in our collection, printed them out, and even my 18-month-old son was, like, helping me paint, which was fun. That was a fun experience. Mitchell says storytelling was central to the project, which he and his family named Spooky Town. We were thinking of, like, well, what's the story, right? And the story is that they're coming into this town, right? So they found a way into the town, just like in the series where... Well, the Demogorgon and the Mind Flayer, like they're coming into the town and trying to take it over or come into our world. And so that was the overall theme of this year, is Stranger Things and coming into our world. Ultimately, they wound up making a diorama of a mausoleum with animated Halloween monsters dancing to a favorite song. And from that, the one project that is now what I'm working on is creating my own sort of animated musical set piece to the scale of what you find in the Lemax collection. But what the twist is, is I'm mixing in the popular song that my kids like from Just Dance, which is a video game where you're dancing to these songs and, and it's recording. But one song in particular is called like Raven the Grave and it has like these monsters dancing. And so I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I had those monsters, if I could recreate that, dancing to that song, but in this small diorama, an animated diorama. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to prototype that. And so I started prototyping it, and I said, well, how can I make it more interesting? And then going over with the kids and saying, hey, does this work? So if it works for them, it's going to work for everybody, right? That's how I look at it. Mitchell explained how he created the animation. Well, for prototyping, it's really quick to use little bits and the servo components. So the servos are the key to animating a lot of these little projects. And, you know, it's movement, right? And so the servo moves a particular direction for a certain number of degrees, et cetera, and that can all be controlled. And you can control it manually or you can control it programmatically. And so that's the great thing about it, that I could test something without programming. I could just quickly test something, an idea, and say, oh, how's this going to move? Is this suitable for the movement and then match the servo to or the size of the servo to the set pieces. Now little bits in case you haven't seen them before. Yes, the little bits are like little snap circuits and they allow you to just quickly come up with an idea. You snap some circuits together and say, hey, is this going to work or not? And there's other products like that, but I use little bits a lot for just those getting those ideas out. Little bits are designed for kids ages eight and up. We big kids can have a good time playing with them too. And they tend to intrigue young inventors. To the point, Mitchell says, that the spooky town diorama may need some repair before this Halloween. His now two-year-old son decided to investigate it a little more closely. But for Halloween 2020, Mitchell has emailed that he and his family have a new maker project. They are modifying a holiday skating pond decoration into a swamp. And very possibly, there's going to be a tentacle extending out of the water and waving. Mitchell says he's still figuring out how this is going to work, but it should be fun. And that's the same thing that I try and teach children. It's like when you 
have an idea, a great idea, how do you go about it? How would you go about it? What do you have available to help, right? And one of the things that intimidates people is just like, oh, I don't have, I'm not an engineer. I don't have animatronics experience. I don't know how this works. I don't know how would I build a structure. And it's breaking it down into its basic components. And at the Malpartita house this Halloween, there may very well be a monster in the closet. Mitchell built him last Halloween. It's like, okay, well, I need something big. It can't be too heavy. And so I've used PVC pipe before for smaller projects. And I was like, oh, well, PVC pipe would work, right? And then, and because of the way that monster is, it looks a little slimy. It, there's not, it's not really uniform. So I can get away with using, like, latex, foam, and stuff like that. And, and just, you know, and, and just kind of build up from there. But the base structure would be with PVC. You can check out Mitchell's Maker Creations on his YouTube channel by looking for Mitchell Malpartida, last name is spelled M-A-L-P-A-R-T-I-D-A. When you go to his videos tab, don't miss the slime pet. This is perfect for Halloween, a lot of fun. Meanwhile, a third seasonal maker project, which Mitchell created in 2019, was Sugar Skulls for Day of the Dead. I found one of the companies that I was working for, they were throwing out like the foam that comes with the TV, you know, like the packaging foam. And it's like a huge, huge packaging foam thing. And I was like, hey, that looks like a skull. It's like, and it's big. And I was like, oh, that looks like a skull. Maybe that would be a great sugar skull, right, kind of decoration, right? And I can light it up. I can I can do really interesting things with it. And I'm actually visiting a school in a couple of weeks to do a sugar skull exercise. And not only just for the decorating part, but to understand the chemical reactions for making the sugar skulls, like why we add meringue powder to the sugar to harden it. You'll get to see the finished product if you go to Instagram and look at M. Malpartita. And here's one final link for you. For more maker ideas, and perhaps a look at Mitchell's Halloween 2020 maker creations, take a look at Masterful Creations Steam Academy's website, masterfulcreations.com. That's masterfulcreations.com. And that concludes this special Halloween edition of Over Coffee. Have a safe and scarily innovative Halloween, and thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts on 2mavericks.com. That's 2, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, and you can contact us at 2mavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at Pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.